0: Right. So this is the fourth and the last week of Advent. Uh, It's all about the Annunciation, and I'm going to call this little ditty, (laughs) Scary Angels. Uh, The way I understand Annunciation, both in regards to Gabriel announcing startling things to both Zachariah and Mary, uh, is that God often gives us opportunities uh, that are challenging that can either crush us or conceive Jesus in us. Now, I know that when we think about Mary and the Annunciation in particular, we, we think of a sort of gentle, wispy presence. Actually, I think angels are frightening I think they're scary, I think they're good, but I think there's something about them that is inherently intimidating, and I think this was the case when Gabriel came to visit Mary. Gabriel is an imposing messenger, and he announces, of course, her favor, her set-apart status, but my hunch of it is that Mary wasn't just going, oh, this is amazing, I'm favored. But it's more like, what? what's going on? What lies ahead? What, what does this mean for me? In other words, in accord with the author of Hebrews, God disciplines or, or, or entrusts with a certain challenge or hardship those people that he loves. Now, he's invoking love, and his spirit is love, this Gabriel, but he's actually heralding and, in a sense, preparing her for a life of marvel that will also be one marked with shame, a life of great joy marked also by great sorrow. So Mary, the faithful Mary, is realizing, oh my gosh, I'm being overshadowed by this huge angel. Now I'm going to be overshadowed by God. And I can only do this through God. So it is with each of us. How do we respond to the scary angels who remind us of our favor while also inviting us into the impossible to bear and to endure what can seem like the impossible. Life makes demands of us that God employs to change us forever. Our response to these angels makes all the difference. 26 years ago, on December 23rd, I waited in a hospital room, a small room, while my father underwent open-heart surgery. I was the only family member who was able to be there. Someone paged me on the hospital intercom. I thought, they wouldn't announce my father's passing (laughs) on an intercom. The call was not from the hospital. It was actually from my wife. This is before cell phones, uh, who was at home and was exclaiming to me in a panic, Jim, this guy on staff, has holed himself up in a hotel room and is threatening to kill himself due to accusations that he sexually abused a minor. So I'm sitting there in the hospital room. I kind of plugged in the hotel number to call Jim, talked him out of suicide, and then the doctor came in this little waiting room to lead me into my father. My dad was disoriented. He was flying high on heavy meds and hooked up to a a tangle of colored wires. My dad's bewildered state corresponded to mine. Jim, abusing a minor? My thoughts collided as I held my dad's hand and heard him babbling, which is the way when someone is on such (laughs) medications. My father gratefully recovered, but our recovery had just begun. It does seem, sadly, tragically, like this man Jim had injected our ministry with toxic immorality. We fired him and informed the police. A tough 10-year process of refinement and restitution began. Wise guides disciplined us. To ensure that we could continue abuse free. And by the grace of God, we did and we have. Zechariah and his witness in Luke 1, verses 11 through 19, was very helpful to me. Gabriel visited Zechariah before Mary, and Zechariah's controlling response to what was going on <laughs> comforted me. Again, a foreboding angel, not a wispy little Botticelli creature. The old priest's response was not immaculate. When Gabriel declared that he and Baron Elizabeth, old age Elizabeth, would bring forth the firebrand John the Baptist, Zachariah tries to mop himself off the floor by demanding a map, more knowledge some strategy. How can I be sure of this? Zechariah asks in verse 18. Thrown off, he grasps for control by insisting on a more logical prophecy. Like us, he demands of the mystery what the mystery cannot give us. God mutes Zechariah and gives him a whole nine months of silence to conceive his consent, verses 19 through 22. I empathize with him. I grasp for control when I'm leveled by scary angels. Noisy within, intense, and often indecent language coming out of my mouth, I actually lose my clarity. You could say, I lose my true voice. God helps us in our weakness. He may discipline us, but he never withholds the invitation for our authentic yes. His grace over time can give us a real consent. Then he conceives new life in us. One greater in us overcomes fear, and we find our voice again. Zechariah did, and in verses 67 through 79 of Luke 1, he gives us a father's song for the ages. I dare say it it rivals or surpasses even the Magnificat in its strength and beauty. Mary the Immaculate graces us. As troubled as Zechariah by the angel, She resists the temptation to grasp after facts. She counters control with consent, fear with faith. Tell me more. She leans into the mystery, content to conceive and grow in the love that surpasses knowledge. I love her response to Scary Gabriel. May it be to me as you have said. In other words, I don't know what all this means, but I trust that good will come from it. May it be to us as God says to us. I close with an Advent Holy Hour, a quote from an Advent Holy Hour by Father Alfred Delp when he writes, What transformed Mary into royalty is that she recognized God as a God of challenge. She experienced what it means to be torn away from all normal destinies and thereby to be caught up in new possibilities. She stands as a healing and helping source of strength right in the middle of what no one can know beforehand. Amen? Happy Fourth Sunday of Advent.